Welcome to the Nation's Blind Podcast, coming to you from the headquarters of the National Federation of the Blind in Baltimore. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Nation's Blind Podcast. My name is Danielle Trevino in the studio with... Anil Lewis. You, you sound so happy when you, you know, announce that it's the podcast. I love our podcast. Do you? I do. Yeah, I do too. You do? Yeah, Good. because I get to sit here and talk with you. I mean... It's the perk of the job. Wow, look at you. Way to be <laughs> humble there, Danielle. Good I had for you. confidence for breakfast. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> Good for you. What did you have for breakfast? Uh, a boiled egg. Did you? Yeah. You know, I'm trying to get this fit thing together. I, interesting. So yeah. I just a couple weeks ago started the paleo diet, which is essentially like the caveman diet is okay. what it's called because of my blood sugars going crazy. And I, I kid you not, within about three days, my sugars have, reg- they were regulated considerably Excellent. better. Good They've, for you. Yeah. Well, I've so. been easing some pounds off of this massive body of mine, so I'm pleased with that, too. You sounded a bit thinner to me. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thinner sounds like. Thinner's, but yeah. it's hard because it's fall, and so there's like pumpkin spice lattes. Yeah. And well, it's easier for me food. because, you know, yeah. I can hide it until I lose it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So when summer comes around and you have to wear a little bit more revealing attire, then it'll be genuine. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm 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 liking it so far. It's been a lot easier to to do the paleo, so like no grain, no dairy. Okay. Kind of thing, well, I, I think we've entertained our listeners enough with our particular dietary um, goals. Let's talk about something substantive for the blind community. How let's about do. That? Let's okay. let's feed their minds. Okay, excellent. Because that's what we do here that's on the do. Nation's Blind Podcast. Oh, I like how you did that. Yeah. So, uh, Anil, I I want to just jump right into it to say that a lot of our membership has been pushing back against this hashtag "How I See It" campaign yeah. from the Foundation Fighting Blindness. Um, and just so that everybody knows, it's spelled "How E Y E See It." Um, instead of <laughs> wow, yeah, look see at what that. they did there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I wanted to talk to you and get your take on the campaign because I know you have a little bit of history with the Foundation Fighting Blindness. Yeah, yeah. When when I went blind in 1989 due to retinitis pigmentosa, I got very active with the Retinitis Pigmentosa Foundation long before they became the Foundation Fighting Blindness and long before I found the National Federation of the Blind. And it was a really good outlet because I was able to interact with individuals who were dealing with the same de- degenerative eye disease that I had. Um, so we got very active. We started a very strong chapter there. We did a lot of fundraising for the organization. And then we started uh, putting together a little support group. And it was nice. Uh, we were able to, you know, deal with each other's issues and help us overcome some of the barriers that we were facing. Uh, so it was very comforting. And then I got to a point where I was the vice president of I think we called it human resources at that particular point for the the uh, Georgia uh, RP Foundation. And I asked for a little more funding to help support the support group. And the feedback I got from the higher-ups was, well, you know, we need this money for research. So very frustrating. Um, at that particular point, I uh, wrote an article for our local newsletter. We used to call it the RP. Porter, re Porter, you get it? RP. Oh, cute. Yeah, it's, it's more it. visual than audible. But right. It was a cute little play on words. And I wrote an article called Coping Until a Cure. Um, because I, I got very frustrated, not to, to go too deep, but this was right around the same time that they were doing some ozone therapy in Cuba. And uh, we went to the national conference, and um, 
soon after, no, no, I'm sorry, before the conference, there was a big expose on 2020 or 60 Minutes or something about the research, and we knew nothing about it. And they were actually interviewing people with the foundation, and none of that information ever trickled down to us. So on the convention floor, I just called them on. I said, we're not children. You know, we don't need you to, to dictate what information you share with us. Your responsibility is to share information with us and let us make decisions uh, for ourselves. Um, I, I got to be known at that particular convention as the man from Atlanta, because <laughs> I would be a Neil Lewis, Atlanta, Georgia. And I guess they got tired of me seeking the floor. But it's at that point I came to this realization that I did not want to be a token. Right. As much as I believe in research, you know, because I, I think that it's important if we're able to find a cure for the retinal degenerative diseases, I'd like for that to happen. But not, you know, at the risk of losing my dignity. Uh, and I don't want to be a poster child for someone else to raise money. And I don't want to sit on the sidelines and not live a life while someone's doing research. So I wrote the article, Coping Until a Cure. I uh, didn't get a whole lot of national sway, uh, but essentially what I was saying is I want to be able to, to cope with the blindness in a way that la- lets me live uh, a beneficial, productive life, you know, not just sit around in my house waiting on someone to cure the disease. So the How I See It campaign, uh, it, it, it's a manifestation of that same uh, fundamental core, you know, within the Foundation Fighting Blindness. And the thing that's very frustrating for me overall is this could not have happened at a worse time. Uh, I think that, again, I've been still actively donating to the FFB. uh, And we as an organization had become uh, more collaborative partners with the FFB. Many of the leaders in the foundation um, seem to open up their eyes to our philosophy as an organization. Many of the leaders of the National Federation of the Blind have actually actively participated in the Visions Conference. We've been there doing some O&M training. Uh, I recently, last year, did a presentation on advocacy. So it seemed like they were finally getting it. And uh, the reality is they're still not there yet. And I don't know uh, what it's going to take to get them really, sorry about this, open up their eyes to the truth that we have. But we've got to continue to put the pressure on. And that's why I love uh, what President Rico Bono has kind of uh, motivated all of our members and friends to do, and that's to give the truth around how I see it. So for those listeners who aren't aware what the campaign de- is doing, so it's a fundraising campaign for the foundation, and what they're doing is they're asking people to take what they're calling their blindfold challenge. So what what the blindfold challenge is, is they ask you to put on a blindfold, they ask sighted people to put on a blindfold for a minute or two minutes and to try to accomplish a task. An everyday task. An an everyday task uh, under blindfold. And so some of the the challenges have just been, I mean, they they hurt my heart. Like there's the one challenge that said something like, have a friend give you an unidentified amount of cash and then go try to pay for your dinner with it. Yeah. Uh, Or the one, take care of a newborn child for a minute under blindfold. That was alarming to me. Yeah, it's, yes. Because as as a parent, as a blind parent, you know, I can see uh, as I was walking around with my son, how society already thinks that, wow, you know, one, I should not be responsible for a child or two, uh, that child should be taking care of me. And and we work so hard to fight these particular perceptions of our incapacity to do those things every day. The one that's just ridiculous, too, is they have the one with the uh, put on the blindfold and pour a bowl of cereal. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. I can pour a bowl of cereal. And if there's a sighted person out there that just because they put on the blindfold is incapable of pouring a bowl of cereal, that they have other issues themselves that they have to yeah. be trying yeah. to deal with. Exactly. 
Well, and, and there's things, there are other challenges that people, I know there was one that the FFP put out, like get married blindfolded or try to do movement-based improv under blindfold. And it's things like that that just, it makes me feel like they're patronizing me and they're setting such low expectations. Yeah, it's very frustrating. And here, it, it's really an opportunity missed as well, right? Because, so let's say they, they came up with this wonderful, brilliant campaign, this How I See It campaign. If they really wanted to be true partners, they could have reached out to the National Federation of the Blind, and it could have been potentially a collaborative opportunity. And then what you would have had is not uh, a sighted person putting on a blindfold, pouring a bowl of cereal, making this mess. You would have had a sighted person under a blindfold, pouring a bowl of cereal, making a mess. And then you would have shown, oh, a blind person confidently pouring a bowl of cereal and showing the alternative techniques that are necessary in order for us to do those same things. And it could have been really good messaging because then the Foundation Fighting Blindness could have said, well, you know, this is why we want to um, conduct the research so that people are not blind. Uh, And then we could have been augmenting. But until that research, until that cure is found, blind people still are productive, fully participating members of society if given the proper training and opportunity. Right. Well, and a minute under blindfold is not going to teach a sighted person what it's like to be blind. That's not walking in my shoes. Like we're not even at the shoe store at right. that point. At the shoe store. I see how you turned it into shoes. I, a little fashionista. Okay. All right. I, I'm good with that analogy. Good. Yeah. Good. People like shoes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But, but I agree with you. I, I think that that's also a tremendous misperception that because you're not seeing, then you understand the life experience of a blind person. Um, President Rico Bono did a great job in his blog, you know, kind of highlighting that. And some of our other members, as you stated earlier, have done a, a really good job of not only blogging about it, but posting videos about it. So uh, here, the the silver lining of this is there's nothing like this type of event to really mobilize the Federation family. Exactly. Uh, to really put us out there in a way that um, allows us to promote the organization the way that we should be doing every day. Uh, so we're using this as an opportunity not only to challenge the social consciousness of society, but also to make sure that our members uh, use their energy and their talent uh, to make sure that we communicate uh, to society that we have value. Uh, what a great way to be going in to meet the blind month. It really is. And, you know, I'm part of a group chat with a few of our members that have been really just hitting this thing hard with every spare moment that they have. There's, they're asking, what can I do? What can I do next? What can we, you know, what can mm-hmm. we do? And the motivating words of encouragement that they've been giving each other on this thread, it's just so good to see that, you know, they're saying things like great article, great job. I love your post, things like that, that they're encouraging each other and that's what family does. Yeah, exactly. So you're right. It is bringing us all closer together. Mm -hmm. So the thing that's very frustrating for me overall though, is, is there are individuals out there that feel they have to defend what FFB is doing. Right. And I think that's just the wrong posture. Um, by defending, you know, they're saying, Oh, well, you know, it's just a joke. Um, Oh, it's just, you know, it's just like the whole ALS ice bucket challenge. Um, no, they're just not looking at this no. um, in the way that it really, uh, there's, there's no way, I, I was trying to think of an analogy to use, but there's no way for people to really understand that when someone out there is openly poking fun of you, yeah. um, there's no way to justify it. And there's no 
no need to defend it. There's a, a need for everybody to raise their voice and say, no, this is not right. This is not appropriate. Um, you might think this is funny, but it's insulting. It's demeaning. Uh, it's offensive. It is. Well, and, and one of our parents posted on Facebook something because one of the things that is happening with this campaign is there's this app called Musical.ly that is kind of like a social media karaoke hybrid sort of app. Mm-hmm. And it's where people can get on there and sing and put videos up and things like that. And this parent was saying, you know, this is geared towards teens. And so now you've got teens who think it's funny to make fun of blindness. Wow. And that's that's just so, it's so heartbreaking. Yeah, it's not like blind kids don't get enough ridicule. Right. Yeah. Right. Wow. Setting us backwards. I'm looking forward to talking to President Rick Obono about this and the uh, presidential privilege. And I think that he'll have, you know, as always, an insightful perspective. And um, we'll see where things go. Yep. So we've got the presidential privilege coming up next, actually. So with that, I think we should take a little break. And uh, what do you think? Yeah, I'm all for a break because, you know, now with my new trainer, I'm supposed to eat every three hours. Oh. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? I eat more now and lose weight. I don't know. It doesn't make sense, but I'm loving it. Meanwhile, I'm surviving on spinach and water. Mm-hmm. Enjoy that. <laughs> Thanks. <Yeah. laughs> You're listening to the Nation's Blind Podcast. We'll be right back. Hey, my name is J.P. Williams, performing singer-songwriter from Nashville, Tennessee, and you are listening to the Nation's Blind Podcast. Woo-hoo! All right. Here with our Nation's Blind Podcast. This is the moment I really enjoy. It's our presidential privilege. I'm here with President Mark Riccobono, president of the National Federation of the Blind. Thanks for joining us again. Thank you. Good morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you're listening to this. Exactly, because you can listen to it 24 hours a day at your leisure. And uh, one of the things that we've been talking about, well, the premier thing that we've been talking about this episode is the Foundation Fighting Blindness uh, social media campaign, How I See It, How E-Y-E, I See It, How E-Y-E-I is the eye that they're using in their campaign. And we've already set the stage with respect to they're using it as a vehicle to raise money for research, but they're doing it in a way that promotes the incapacity of blind people by telling uh, sighted individuals to blindfold themselves and to perform everyday tasks. And if they're doing this without the proper training, uh, they're making it look like blind people are incompetent. So I want to first ask, um, what is your feeling? What is your take on this campaign? Uh, a clever marketing idea with really bad outcomes. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's uh, good. Uh, you, you know, uh, the, the, this campaign um, brings up some really interesting questions about uh, the messaging and the images of blindness that are out there and uh, how people activate on those messages. Mm-hmm. Now, it's no secret that people have used for centuries, the fear of blindness, uh, the misconceptions about blindness, to raise money. And this campaign is really a classic example of that. And, you know, it's unfortunate they have tried to align it to the ice bucket challenge, which, you know, dumping a bucket of ice on your head really has no relationship to telling you what it's like to live with that ALS. particular condition. Right. It, it, there's no relationship. Um, maybe people who have that experience feel like they've had ice poured over their head, but I can't imagine that there was any relationship <laughs> in the two. 
but here, the goal is to create momentum based on having some information about what it's like to be blind. And of course, that's not authentic to blind people in our lived experience. It is authentic to people who have just gone blind and have no clue what they're going to do. And we don't deny that newly blind people, people just coming to blindness for the first time with no information, fail, Mm -hmm. are afraid, uh, are uh, concerned about what their future is going to be like. But for us to feed into that really will only have harmful implications to all of society. And that's a very good point because what you're then doing is not only sending society the message that blind people are incapable you're sending the message to blind individuals who are newly blind that their lives are over or meaningless. Um, I, I didn't think about it in that context because through this campaign, they continue to create the next generation of blind individuals that can serve as tokens for their fundraising effort, but they're denying these individuals the opportunity to know the truth that they can still live positive, productive lives as blind people. And regardless of the intent of the campaign, and I don't actually know what it is because I can't Get a call from the leadership at the Foundation Fighting Blindness. So you've reached out to FFB leadership? Oh, yes. We've uh, sent letters via email, and uh, we hand-delivered it to their office in Columbia, right down the road from us, actually. Mm. Uh, certainly very doable trip in a day, uh, half an hour. <laughs> um, and I've posted to their Facebook page. Uh, it's very clear how to get at me. I've been tempted to post my phone number just in case it wasn't real obvious, but I wonder what kind of other calls I would get. get, Um, The intent, regardless of what it is, is having real harm. They have this video about what would you do if you couldn't see your child anymore? And yet we have cases, real live cases of blind people in New York and Nevada and Connecticut and other places where they've had their children taken away, their custody taken away, simply because the judge, the social worker, the their uh, ex-spouse couldn't imagine how a blind person could take care of a child or that the child could even be safe. This plays right into that. Yeah. And uh, frankly, if if one child gets taken away because of that video, uh, that's that's too much harm. Right. And this is another example of how the timing couldn't even be worse. As we yeah. announce our national campaign for blind parents, there's, we take the two steps forward and they're trying to take us backwards. And, you know, there's this subtlety out there that, well, you can't speak out against these things because you can't be against medical research. And I'm I'm not against medical research. But so often what we're pitted with today in in all areas is that we have to give a little today to create hope for the future. Uh, Happens in politics, right? The Mm -hmm. whole political drive is it's terrible today, it's going to be better tomorrow. I I think you can have both. Mm -hmm. I think we can work on medical research. We can work on making the future better. But we shouldn't do so at the expense of individuals who can, are, should be living their lives every day with blindness who 10 years, 20 years, 30 years from now 
that cure is not going to be available. And to create messaging that might encourage people to sit around and wait, Mm -hmm. and there's far too many of them sitting around and waiting because someone has already pitched them on this promise that it's coming, it it's a real tragedy that uh, just breaks my heart to think about any blind person who might have 20 years of real work life ahead of them that they're going to sit and wait for yeah. some cure to wasted, evolve. Hashtag wasted life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned that you posted on the FB Facebook page. I know you've kind of motivated our membership to get engaged in social media. Can you talk about some of the things that you've seen that you've been impressed with respect to our membership? Yeah, there's been a lot of great videos posted um, by uh, blind people, especially some of our our blind parents out there who have really pushed back on this uh, video that I've mentioned, who have posted videos of themselves doing things with their kids, being in the park, and really talking about the harmful message that this campaign is providing. Also, a number of of sighted people have posted videos saying, look, the way to talk about and learn about blindness is not by faking being blind, it's by getting to know blind people. And they've talked about their lived experience with a blind spouse or, or blind friend. And I think that's really powerful. We need to now turn this how I see it hashtag, even though I kind of cringe at using EYE, into a positive way to educate the public about the capacity of blind people. So posting videos of blind people doing everyday things. And it's a little weird, I think. Uh, Some blind people think, well, it's just my ordinary day-to-day life. That's boring. But unfortunately, (laughs) it's really not what people know or expect. So it's interesting that we need to take videos of the what is to us the ordinary, everyday, boring stuff yeah. in order to uh, present it to the public because it is unexpected and uh, give them that opportunity to really have that learning and hopefully get to know blind people in a real way. That's where the real learning is going to happen. So maybe we can invite uh, people to come to our chapter meetings and meet blind people and Uh, talk about this campaign and the harmful impact it has. This should be our opportunity to educate people about the truth about blindness, which is something we work on, you know, every day of the year. Right. And Danielle and I talked earlier about how, like you said, it's those everyday tasks. Who would have thought that pouring a bowl of cereal is something we need to educate people that we can do? Uh, But on the flip side, they're showing a sighted person attempting to do it and making a mess. So you're right. Just showing people that we can perform those simple everyday tasks again it may not be anything that we think is spectacular, but we have to do it in a way that makes sure that the general public understands that it's possible. You know, I wonder what a campaign would look like, uh, a joint campaign that raises money for uh, blind people to have opportunities to get training to live today, but also creates opportunities to look at some cutting-edge research in the future. See, I think we this can, is an example of how great minds think alike. This is something similar to what I was mentioning to Danielle earlier. Yeah. But go right ahead. I, I think we can. I think it is possible to take the positive image of blindness and also use it as a motivating factor for what the future can be like. You know, we work on raising expectations mm-hmm. every day, and part of raising expectations should be to ask the question of. 
are there ways to make the future better? I would like my kids to be able to run faster than I ever could or jump higher to Mm -hmm. be healthier, to be able to eat more hamburgers and not have (laughs) detrimental health effects, Uh, whatever it is. Um, I think there's a way to do both. Uh, And it's unfortunate that so many people think of the world as uh, it's a trade-off, one or the other. Mm -hmm. This is another example of how if the Foundation Fighting Blindness really wanted to build uh, in this space, that they would have a more genuine relationship with us. And it's very frustrating that they have not even been responsive to our concerns uh, about the campaign. Uh, there is an opportunity for us to work collaboratively together, uh, but not as long as they present themselves in a way that send our growth backwards or stifles our ability to send our messaging out, that collaboration can never really happen in a real way. So I know you've reached out to the leaders of the Foundation Finding Blindness, uh, you've written a very good blog post, which I think kind of uh, captures the messaging around this. What What are our next steps? What are we going to do as an organization? Well, we're really going to uh, ramp up the effort to bring awareness to this, to encourage people uh, not to participate in the Blindfold Challenge, to not donate to this campaign, and to educate. So it's a threefold strategy Uh, two things not to do and one very important thing to do. And we don't object to people supporting medical research sometime in the future, but now is not the time. Now is the time to educate Mm -hmm. and make it clear that research does not come at the expense of blind people, the progress we've made, the lives we're living today, the opportunities that we have created for each other. Now is the time for us to really get aggressive about putting those messages out in the public. Can we get 10,000 videos of blind people living the lives we want in all the ways that we do, talking about our experience as blind people? This might be our opportunity to educate more people in the public about the everyday challenges we face, not from blindness, but from people's attitudes about Mm -hmm. blindness. And the last thing any of us wants to experience is someone on the street pushing and pulling us because they know it's terrible that there hasn't been a cure found for us yet, or uh, someone denying us access to something because they just can't imagine how a blind person can do it. This is a real opportunity for us to turn this campaign around into something positive for blind people. And we should be aggressive about it. We should not have any qualms with being as aggressive we can at educating the public about blindness. Agreed. And the aggressiveness is not to demean the foundation fighting blindness. The aggressiveness is to take advantage of an opportunity that if we fail to recognize, we'll do real harm to blind people now and in the future. Well, can't be said any better than that. We have to continue this effort so that we can live the lives we want. You're listening to the Nation's Blind Podcast. That was President Mark Riccobono, President of the National Federation of the Blind. Thank you, sir. Uh, Thank you, and I'd urge people to copy me on their videos by 
tagging me on Facebook, Mark A. Riccobono, or mentioning me on Twitter, at Riccobono, R-I-C-C-O-B-O-N-O. And let me know how I can be helpful and our team at the national office can be helpful in amplifying these messages. And let's go build the Federation. Hello, my name is Mary Ann Diamond, immediate past president of World Blind Union from Australia and a principal negotiator of the America's Treaty. You are listening to the Nation's Blind Podcast. Welcome back to the Nation's Blind Podcast. My name is Danielle Trevino. In the studio with me to talk some news is... Chris Danielson. Hey, hey, Chris. Hey, Danielle. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. So, Chris, on this episode of the podcast, we have been talking about the How I See It campaign. Uh, and I just kind of wanted to talk to you about that a little bit. Uh, what is your take? Well... You know, we always have to be on the lookout in the National Federation of the Blind and as blind people for things that really spread misconceptions about blindness and blind people and what our lives are like. And so we're always on the lookout for this for those things like, you know, for example, recently you and I and and some of our other colleagues went to screen the movie Don't Breathe, mm-hmm. which a lot of people were talking about. Right. And that turned out to be not such a bad portrayal of blindness and blind people. It was a horror movie and the blind guy was kind of a bad guy and uh you know there were it would have been nice if they had actually cast a blind actor in right. the movie but overall not the worst thing that could happen in terms of portraying a blind person i mean this was a guy you know to look on the positive side and to give people a little bit of the the premise of the movie this is a guy who was among other things, admittedly, defending his home because right. he was being he was being uh, robbed, and uh, he showed himself to be very capable of uh, protecting his territory and his and his uh, money that he had uh, stored away. Um, well, he, go ahead, sorry. It, well, and to not not to give any spoilers, but he, you know, he. A lot of times in the movie, the blindness was actually minimized because he he was actually did actually have the upper hand a couple times. Absolutely, um, and he had the upper hand not because he was a superhuman blind guy, but just the reason that anybody would have the upper hand is uh, he knew his home and the robbers did not, uh, and so he was able to take advantage of certain situations. And, you know, it, it didn't it didn't go to my mind either way too far in, in terms of portraying him as superhuman or as portraying him as as helpless. Certainly the thieves thought he was going to be more vulnerable than he was. So he he raised their expectations. Let's right. say. <laughs> and, to, and to that point. So the thieves thought, all right, he's blind. He can't see. He's going to be an easy target. We're going to be able to get in and out and, and accomplish our, our goal because, I mean, a blind person's not going to fight back. Mm-hmm. And that just go, that just goes right into the fact that there are still those low expectations for blind people. You know, we face those every single day. 
way. And so this campaign is is really harmful. Well, exactly. I was I was going to get to that, it, <laughs> you know, because on the other side, you know, whereas we, we did some worrying about don't breathe and it, it turned out to be. You know, maybe not a maybe not a total positive, but certainly not a negative media portrayal in the way, for example, the film Blindness was. But this campaign really is harmful, and it's harmful because it is an effort to raise funds based on fear. When people put on a blindfold and they haven't had any exposure to blindness or blind people and they don't have any idea how they might accomplish a task as a blind person, that's understandably very frightening to them and very disorienting and very upsetting, just as blindness is, as the president mentioned, when it first happens to somebody. Right. And that's totally understandable. But the problem is that Without guidance and without education, people translate that into, oh, that must be what blind people's lives are like. It must be just terrifying for them all the time. Well, it it must be this never-ending nightmare. You know? And it's not like that. Like, you know, I don't know about you, Chris, but I experience lots and lots and lots of emotions and, and fear is rarely one of them. And then if it is one of them, it's because I get lost. Like everybody gets lost. Everybody gets, sure. you know, not, you know, and that's foot, upsetting you know? to anybody. It's right. not more upsetting necessarily when you're a blind person. Uh, it's just, it just is what it is. I experience fear too, but a lot of the fears that I've had specifically related to blindness are not fears about blindness itself, but when I go into this job interview, how is the employer going to react? Exactly. And that fear comes from not my blindness, but from the attitudes that I know other people have about blindness, which are unfortunately perpetuated by campaigns like the How I See It Challenge, because people can't imagine what it's like to be a blind person. They don't realize that I don't think about my blindness a lot. Yeah. I mean, I have to do things differently as a blind person. But by this point in my life, I don't think about doing those things anymore. They're just who I am. It just, you know, when I, when I get up and make my breakfast and come to work and do my work, the blindness is not part of what I'm thinking about. You know, it's it's just a part of who I am. And it's that way because I've learned all of the techniques and I have all the tools I need to be able to deal with the blindness. And so all my fears come from externalities. Well, and, and speaking of, you know, you coming into the office and doing work, we, you know, we've been busy, you know, the, and, and not just us here at the center, but the blind community has been really busy. Um, you have a couple of stories to tell us about, don't you? Well, absolutely. Of course. I mean, this is the news segment a- after is. all. So we need to get back to that. So one piece of news that I have is really a tribute to all of the blind people in America and all of us who have worked very hard on this, we have worked very hard to make sure that when digital technologies and digital content are used in higher education, that blind people will have access to those technologies. And for years now, we've been working on a piece of legislation 
called the Accessible Instructional Materials in Higher Education Act or AIM High Act. And after all of that effort, we are pleased to report that the AIM High Act has actually been introduced by Congressman Phil Rowe, who is from Tennessee. Um, he's also a doctor, Dr. Phil Rowe. Give him his, his due props. Mm-hmm. And Congressman Courtney, I believe his name is Joe Courtney from Connecticut, but I'm not totally sure about the first name. But uh, anyway, way, he's awesome. He's awesome. <laughs> and and uh, so and it's a bipartisan bill. Uh, Mr. Rowe is a Republican. Mr. Courtney is a Democrat. And it had, you know, we were able to come up with language that where we had support from the American Association of Publishers and the higher education uh, stakeholders and the software industry association. So we feel like this is a big positive step. We've been waiting for this to happen for a long time. And it's going to be an uphill push to get it passed in this Congress. But we're going to try and hopefully it gains some momentum, even if it has to carry into the next Congress. So that's a great piece of news. Yes. So H.R. 6122, is it? Yes, that's correct. H.R. 6122. H.R. 6122, the AIM High Act. Fantastic. So that's great news. Now, talk about blind people living the lives they want. Another good story, which is not directly related to us in the National Federation of the Blind, but was widely reported So, you know, the Paralympics happened in Rio after the – people call them the normal Olympics. I don't like that terminology. But, you know, after the Rio Olympics, you had the Paralympics. Anyway, uh, it turns out that in the 1,500-meter – in one of the 1,500-meter races, the four blind runners – these are four gentlemen – uh, two of them are brothers, I believe, and they are all from Africa. And all four of them beat the time that the gold medal winner had set in the Olympics a few weeks prior. So, in other words, four blind guys all ran faster than the sighted gold medal winner. Look at that. Yeah. It's amazing. And, and, you know, it's so interesting because. You know, talk about raising expectations. On the one hand, it was such a, a great example of of blind people living the lives we want. And on the other hand, it's like everybody was surprised and everybody said, oh, this is so amazing that they did this. Well, why wouldn't blind people be able to run fast? You know, so it's great. But it but it is great because it changes the public's expectations. It changes the narrative. And even if some of the media were like, wow, this is really incredible. I mean, these guys are blind. <laughs> it does change the narrative. It does raise expectations. And athletically, it is. It is It is an amazing feat. But but it's amazing because of the athletics. Right, right. I, I was going to say sportmanly, but that's yeah. not a word. Sport, uh, yeah, not even sportsmanlike because that has to do with your conduct. But anyway. Yeah, I, yeah, I was off. You know, it, it really emphasizes the point that doesn't get enough emphasis and shamefully in the United States we don't get the kind of coverage of the Paralympics uh, in the media that is available in other countries I mean when the when the Olympics happened in London the BBC and all the television outlets over there covered the Paralympics just as extensively as they covered the the Olympics themselves and 
it's really a shame that we don't see more of that over here. But anyway, it makes a point that Paralympians are elite athletes, just like people who participate in the other Olympics are. This is not about, oh, they're they're amazing because they're disabled. No, these four guys and other Paralympic athletes have achieved athletic feats that it would be difficult for anybody to do that really proves that they are at the top of the athletic game with or without a disability. And that's a really important point. It is. It is. So that's the news. Well, thank you for joining us, Chris. We will hear from you next month. All right. Always a pleasure. And thank you for having me. And you're listening to the Nation's Blind Podcast. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Nation's Blind Podcast. My name is Danielle Trevino in the studio with Mr. Yep, Anil Lewis, still here. Hey, hey. That that was really interesting. I learned some stuff in that. Well, regarding the movie, I haven't seen it, so I'm glad you guys didn't offer any spoilers. We were trying not to. Yeah. I can tell you some spoilers. No, 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 that's okay. Okay. What I thought was really cool, and people may disagree with me on this, I just like Finally, we were the bad guy, you know, right. <laughs> so, not the poor, pitiful blind guy. We were out there kicking some butt. I, uh, I think we need a blind Disney princess next. Wow. Really? Yes. But we've already transcended that warm fuzzy. We're into the whole dark side now. Well, doesn't mean she has to be a good character. Like she could be a villainous princess. OK. All right. Wicked. Wicked. Okay. <laughs> All right. Good. Good. And man, I did not know about the whole Paralympic thing. That's pretty freaking amazing. Four of them. Oh, am I allowed to say that on the podcast? Yes. Okay, You're good. good. Four All of right. them. FCC. Four runners. Four of them. Faster. Faster. That's awesome. That is that is truly awesome. It is. Yeah. Talk about setting high expectations. Talk about living the life you want. Exactly. Yeah. I wonder. Okay. <laughs> so let's get some sighted guys to put on some blindfolds and run. And see if they. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's ugly. I'm just trying not to be mad about this whole FFB thing. But I'm it's just, hard not to be mad about yeah, it, though. Yeah. Wow. Like how? Ah. Oh, okay. No. Okay. Not to go we're backwards. not going there. Yeah, no. we're moving forward. We're, yeah, we're moving yeah, forward yeah, back yeah. to the. They go buses. low, we go high. Right. They. Right. I Actually, like it. Yeah. Yeah. I, like I stole it. it from someone, but I don't think I'm allowed to talk about it because they'll politicize the podcast. Oh yeah. So um. <laughs> What? October's Meet the Blind Month. October is Meet the Blind Month. So get out there and meet some blind people, and blind people get out there and meet some sighted people and let them know how we see it and uh, show them how we can set high expectations, how we can pour bowls of cereal. That would be pretty cool. Yes. You know, go set up a table at a mall, right, with some cereal and some milk. And just show sighted people that blind people can pour a bowl of cereal. I'm sorry. I'm it still. Would be a, no, it would be a good conversation starter. Like, what are they doing pouring cereal? Well, that's true. You know, I was told that I can't. So yeah, yeah, I'm going to show yeah. you that I can. Yeah, many of you think that blind people can't do something as simple as pour a bowl of cereal. Watch. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. We just need to make sure there's coconut milk. Or almond milk. Oh, almond milk is better. No, I. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. So we digress. It's lunchtime. Yeah. <laughs> Where do we go from here, Danielle, the, the social media diva of the National Federation of the Blind? So let's hear what you guys are doing for Meet the Blind Month. I've gotten a lot of phone calls from a lot of you guys telling me about what's going on for Meet the Blind Month, but I'd love to hear more. We would all love to hear more. If you want to send us an email about it, you can send that email to podcast at nfb.org. 
Mm-hmm. You can follow us on social media and not only put up your How I See It video pushback, but you can also tell us what you're doing for Meet the Blind Month. Anil, what is our Twitter handle? Uh-oh. You didn't tell me that. You didn't, uh, you didn't study. Um, at NFB underscore voice. Correct. Look at, look at look you. Look out now. You aced it. Yeah, I'm the social media devo. You are. No, you don't know anything about devo. I do. Really your generation. He was in a movie Friday. Wow. No, I'm talking about the band. Oh. <laughs> wow. All right. Anyway. Yeah. So don't forget the old school method. We would love to actually hear from you. You can actually pick up a phone and call us at 410-659-9314. Our extension is 2444. And you might be featured on an upcoming episode of the podcast. That would be pretty awesome. Anil, what is your Twitter handle in case folks want to follow you? Well, I'm living the life I want. So my Twitter handle is at Anil Life. That's A-N-I-L-L-I-F-E. Awesome. And we forgot to ask Chris for his Twitter handle, but I think he'd be okay with us sharing. So his Twitter handle is the letter R and then lawyer. So R lawyer. Lawyer. What? That's for retired Maybe. lawyer? We'll have to get him to clear that up next month. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and my Twitter handle is at... Hey, hey Danielle. What's your Twitter handle? <laughs> hey, Neil. <laughs> my Twitter handle is at hey underscore Danielle and then the number one because hey underscore Danielle was taken. That's really interesting. Do you know who Hey Danielle is? I don't. Okay. Oh, you know what? She wasn't even active on Twitter when I looked at her handle. No, you should get it. I should just steal it? But no, you're Hey Danielle number one. Number? That's not a number sign, right? It's just Hey no, Danielle one. No, it's just one. Hey underscore Danielle one. Oh, got it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. I well, think that's a wrap. I think you're right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Yeah, you... continue to live the life you want. Yes. You've been listening to the Nation's Blind podcast. We'll catch you next month. Live the life you want. Blindness is not what holds you back. Thank you for listening to the Nation's Blind Podcast. If you have questions, comments, or feedback, send an email to podcast at nfb.org or leave us a voicemail at 410-659-9314, extension 2444. Also, don't forget to like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at nfb underscore voice. Check out the Nation's Blind channel on YouTube. And visit us on the web at nfb.org. Until next time, remember, you can live the life you want. Blindness is not what holds you back.